Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our New Nature series, which talks about what the fruit of the Spirit should look like in the daily life of the believer. We hope that this message will be a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit, or the character of the Spirit, the characteristics of the Spirit are these, and we've already talked through some of those. We went through love and joy and peace, and then last week we went through uh, long-suffering, and the word for long-suffering, who remembers the word for long-suffering? I know Micah does, so I'm not going to ask him. You remember it? Macrothumia. All right, that was the word we looked at last week, macrothumia. And the word macrothumia made up of two uh, Greek words, megos and thuo, uh, and it means to, to be abundantly killed or to be mistreated on a great scale, yet continuing forward. And, you know, we, uh, I know some people have described long-suffering as just being patient, uh, but it's different than being patient. Being patient, uh, one man said it this way, a person can be patient only so long, but there's not a limit put onto the word long-suffering. And, uh, of course, we saw that in Scripture, macrothumia, and so we received counsel from the Word of God last week about how you and I can be macrothumia in our relationships as well as in our circumstances and understanding that no matter what comes our way, I can continue and walk with the Lord and I can be mistreated and I can be uh, um, uh, maybe um, hurt through circumstances that don't go my way and yet I just continue on for the Lord. And macrothumia and having that uh, in our life to be abundantly killed or mistreated on a great scale and yet continue on. Well, tonight we come to the next fruit, uh, which is the fruit of gentleness, gentleness. Now, before we start and before we look at this, I want you to think with me about some of the items that you're going to be eating this week. Now, you think with me tonight about uh, your Thanksgiving meal and how many of you do a traditional Thanksgiving meal? You kind of just, man, do the whole spread. I know that we for years didn't do traditional Thanksgiving meals. We would do tacos or, or we would do Chinese food or pizza or something like that just to be different. But man, I, I like the good traditional meal. And now we go to, not that wasn't a knock against you, mom, for us eating tacos growing up. I just kind of processed that and didn't want to insult you. We do love fountain tacos. Who's had fountain tacos before? Only a few of you. We need to have fountain tacos as like a church-wide meal. Can we plan that out, honey? We can? Anyway, um, you know, you have that traditional meal. I want you to finish some of these things, okay? Um, so the meals, meal things and items that go together, mashed potatoes and gravy, all right? Now, I know there's going to be somebody that's like popcorn, you know, or something like that. Now, if you think about tradition, all right, mashed potatoes and gravy, um, might be a couple different answers for this, but turkey and dressing or stuffing, (laughs) gravy was the same answer, Uh, turkey and stuffing, you know, turkey and dressing, the stuffing that comes along with that. you probably might not know this, but in, for me, one of the two items that really go together is ham and green bean casserole. I absolutely love green bean casserole. And uh, man, take a piece of ham, put green bean casserole on it, and go to town, and that is, it goes right together. It's wonderful. Um, Dustin, where's Dustin at? Dustin and I were talking this week, this weekend at Men's Retreat, and uh, about two things that go great together at Thanksgiving, really all year, pumpkin pie and whipped cream. I could eat it all year. Now, some of you are like, oh, pumpkin pie. It's okay. We'll pray for your salvation later. (laughs) 
But pumpkin pie and Cool Whip. Now listen, you take that pumpkin pie, you put it in the microwave for about 15 seconds, and then you throw some Cool Whip, some whipped cream on there, and eat it, and then do it again. Repeat the process. That's what you do on Thanksgiving. You know, when you think about that meal, there's just certain things that they just go together. They just complement each other. Well, when you come to this fruit of the Spirit called gentleness, we need to know that there is another fruit of the Spirit that it just goes with. It's just complementary, and it's the fruit that we looked at last week. Long-suffering and gentleness, they are two things that they just go together. You really, in all honesty, you can't have complete long-suffering without gentleness being involved, and you can't have complete gentleness without long-suffering being involved. Now, this is a truth that Jesus taught his disciples, and this is a truth that he taught all those listening. If you were here last week, then you'll remember with me that we listened in as Jesus Christ taught uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He taught it in a place much like this. And uh, of course, I'm excited to show you pictures again from Israel. Uh, this would be right next to the Sea of Galilee. And on the western side of the Sea of Galilee, looking towards the east in the background, you can see uh, the area known as Decapolis. That's where the maniac of Gadara would have been healed. Uh, but right here, Jesus would have been speaking or preaching in an area much like this, kind of down in a, in a little valley surrounded by some mountains. And if you were here for our video that we showed, uh, maybe you might remember the video where I was real far away just talking and yet you could hear me. Uh, that's where the Sermon on the Mount was. And so Jesus Jesus gets up and he begins to speak truths and, and different things to those listening. Um, probably the greatest known uh, um, thought that he gave is what you and I would call the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, where he said, blessed are those, and began to go through all of that. Well, in the middle of his message, where we were at last week, Jesus taught them things like this. He said, if some, I'm paraphrasing, if somebody smites you, turn to them the other cheek. If someone says, or excuse me, if someone sues you for your coat, give to them your cloak also. If someone commands you, a Roman soldier commands you to go a mile, go with them too. And last week we looked at the long suffering side of this, that being mistreated, uh, those of you who are those Jesus teaching, those of you that get mistreated, just continue along. You don't retaliate. You don't get revenge. You don't uh, take it out on somebody else. And that's that area of being able to continue or following the Lord uh, and his plan for your life, regardless or in spite of circumstances, having a spirit that says, I trust God. I don't need to get back at those that mistreat me. I, I trust God. I don't need an explanation for why, why my situation is the way it is. I, I just trust God. Well, tonight, we're going to look at the same lesson that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter number five, but we're going to look at it as written by Luke in Luke chapter six, because Luke gives us, uh, uh, again, the same lesson, but I want us tonight to take the same lesson and not see the long-suffering side of it. I want us to see the gentleness side of it. And so I want you to stand, if you would, and take your Bible, and let's look at Luke chapter 6. We're going to read verse 27 down through verse number 36. And tonight, I want us to see that uh, how gentleness and long-suffering, just, they just go together. Luke chapter 6, verse number 27, we read these words. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. 
And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the thankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven." I'm going to stop there. And again tonight, I want us to see that just as peanut butter and chocolate go together. That was mine. When I thought two things that go together, illustration, peanut butter and chocolate, just that's the only thing that can come to my mind. Yes, turkey and gravy, or turkey and stuffing, potatoes and gravy, ham and green bean casserole, but at the top of this list is peanut butter and chocolate. Um, Just as those go together, this even so long-suffering and gentleness, they just complement each other. And you can't have one without the other. They're gonna, they're gonna couple with each other. So let's, uh, let's pray and then let's get in and see what we're talking about tonight. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, um, would you just commit the next few moments to the Lord, ask him to speak to you and to help you tonight? And then make the decision that tonight, uh, you're gonna listen and, and we're gonna learn. We're gonna learn together from the word of God about gentleness. And then let's ask the Lord to help us leave here as a gentle people. Lord, thank you for the word of God and thank you again for uh, how you use it in our life. And I pray that tonight, as we go through this lesson, that you would help us to uh, hear from you and learn of you. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You go ahead and be seated. As we come to our passage tonight in our study, I want us first of all to see a call to gentleness. I want us to see from this passage Jesus Christ calling us and calling followers and calling really all to gentleness. We need to first off, we need to know though what gentleness means. Last week we looked at long suffering, macrothumia. This week we're going to look at gentleness, and the word gentleness is the word Christotes, all right? Christotes. And that word, it means this moral goodness, softness of manners, mildness of temper, sweetness of disposition, integrity, kindness, and usefulness. That's a long definition, isn't it? It's a long, kind of a longer definition. Well, I'll give you this real quick. When translators go to translate scripture, uh, they will look at the, the Greek word that's there. They'll find the definitions of what that word can mean. But then they'll sort through the definitions. And this is what you can do even in Bible study of a dictionary. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll open up a dictionary and have a few different meanings. The best way to figure out exactly what the word means is to take each phrase and put it into context, okay? So the word uh, uh, Christotes, this word gentleness, 
Let's try, let's try to put it in context to see if we can help kind of eliminate and kind of, kind of break this definition down to find specifically what it is, all right? So th- here's the thought, and catch this right now out of Galatians 5. Let's go to Fruit of the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, moral goodness, goodness. Did, so do we think gentleness means moral goodness? No, we wouldn't. All right, here, do this. Everybody turn, to, everybody turn to Galatians 5. We need to do this together. We gotta catch it. Because if we don't catch this, we'll miss it all. We gotta catch the first thought. And uh, it's, man, it's helpful. And I think it'll be helpful to us. Galatians chapter five, go there real quick. And I'll turn there too. And we're gonna, we're gonna do this together, do a little study together, all right? You there, Galatians 5.22. Here, here we go. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, moral goodness, Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Do you think that definition of Christotes, uh, uh, do you think that definition of moral goodness fits there? Not really. Here's why. I don't think the Lord would be repeating himself. Okay, so it's probably not the fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, goodness, faith. It's probably not that, okay? So let's go to the next one, softness of manners. Okay, so softness of manners, let's put that in there. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, softness of manners, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Do you think softness of manners fits in there? Some would say, well, yeah, maybe. Not if you read the word meekness, because the word meekness refers to that idea of softness of manners. Okay, let's take that one out. Mildness of temper, okay? Let's put that one in. Through the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, mildness of temper, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Do you think mildness of temper is the definition we're gonna be looking at? Okay, no, it's not. What about the next one? Sweetness of disposition. Sweetness of disposition. Fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, long-suffering, sweetness of disposition, goodness, faith, temperance, or or goodness, uh, faith, meekness, temperance. Do you think sweetness of disposition goes in there? Probably not. Here's why. Love, joy, peace. That's a lot of our disposition. Okay, let's look at integrity, okay? For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, integrity, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such is no law. You think it's integrity? Okay, it could be. We're getting closer, aren't we? Okay, let's go to the next one. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. As you get down to those last three, integrity, kindness, and watch this last one and don't miss it. This is a a good thought. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, usefulness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. When you and I study the word of God and we begin to do some word studies and begin to put the words into context, we find out some truths that will help us. So we can take taste, which means all of these things. We can take out now moral goodness, softness of manners, mildness of temper, sweetness of disposition. Those are all good things and really they're kind of in the whole of the word taste. but I wanna break it down a little bit more and understand that when we're talking about taste or gentleness, I believe the Lord is referring to not only integrity, but I, re- I believe it's the last two, kindness and usefulness. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna see this tonight. So take your Bible and go, let's go back to Luke. Let's go back to Luke chapter six. Kindness 
and usefulness. Don't miss the word usefulness, all right? Because that's gonna play a huge part in our message tonight of dissecting this word gentleness. As you look at these words, I want you to look at um, this idea of being gentle. To be gentle is to be kind and useful in the life of someone else. All right, that's the definition that we're gonna be looking at tonight. To be gentle is to be kind and useful in the life of someone else. Let's see that in Luke 6. Look, if you will, at verse number 27. Here's what Jesus said. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Does that sound like kindness and usefulness in the life of others? It does. Here's why. If someone mistreats you, you do good to them. Use your life to be kind, to do good to them. This is the concept of gentleness. The long suffering is, I'm gonna continue through it and we'll see that in just a second. But the gentleness is, I'm going to respond with kindness and being useful in their life. It's a very uh, interesting study when you begin looking at it, but I want you to see how long-suffering and gentleness go hand in hand. Because here's the thought. Not only are we called to be long-suffering and continue under mistreatment, but now Jesus brings in this teaching that you are supposed to repay that mistreatment with kindness. You are to make your life useful for them. Now, as we, did this la- as we did it last week, I want us to put our minds in the, uh, the mindset of those people on that hillside. They're under Roman rule, and here's this new rabbi that he comes, and he tells them, not only do I want you to put up with mistreatment, but now you need to pay mistreatment with kindness and use your life to benefit the lives of your enemies. You think about that, this is really preposterous. I mean, it's a, it's a nonsensical teaching. It's illogical. Yet it's being taught by this man, Jesus. Now, we don't have to put our minds, uh, put ourselves in the mind of those listening that day because you and I would have the same response now. Wait a second. Not only am I supposed to put up with mistreatment, but now I do kind things for those that mistreat me and I use my life to benefit them? It seems illogical to treat those who mistreat me with kindness. It seems absurd to make my life be useful in the life of those who are against me. But this is the call that's taught by Christ. It's something that he desires for us to bring into our lives and that he desires to himself bring into the lives of those who claim him. He desires that we would not only tolerate unkindness from others, but that we would repay it with kindness and then allow them the blessing and afford them the blessing of using our life to benefit them. I want you to see it in the scripture. Go to verse number 28. Watch this. Bless them that curse you. All right, so someone curses you. You not only put up with the cursing, but you turn around and you bless them. That's kind, and you're using your life to be a help to them. That's that usefulness. Okay, look at the next part. 
Pray for them which despitefully use you. Not only do you need to be long-suffering and put up with the despiteful using, though those that use you, but now you need to be kind by responding in prayer. And when you're responding in prayer, you're using your life to benefit them. Kindness, usefulness. All right, go to verse number 29. And unto him, now watch this, this is great. Don't miss the wording. Unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer also the other. Okay, not only do I need to put up with that, you know, it's, it's giving the, the idea of being mistreated, being smacked, but then notice the word. It doesn't, doesn't say just turn the other cheek. It says offer. Listen, Jesus is teaching some deep truths that, that is really, and when I say preposterous, it is, it's absurd. Because here's the thought, Ray, come here real quick, and uh, you get to slap me. <laughs> Hurry, come here. Oh, wait, no, I get to slap you. Come here real quick. I have a microphone on. We don't want to break it. I'm Listen, well, I mean, we've got to do both cheeks. Sorry. Here's, here's, the thought that, here's the thought that Jesus is giving. Okay, if someone mistreats you, wham, and they slap this side, here's what he says. Offer to them the other side. Okay, so let's do it this way. Pretend like you slapped me. Pretend. Don't hit me really hard. Ah, oh, he hits me. Here's what I'm supposed to do. Would you like to hit the other side also? I'm supposed to offer it. I'm not supposed to just turn the other cheek. I'm supposed to offer it. Okay, now here's, the, here's my thinking about this. Thanks, you did a great job. I just wanted you to be able to stand up. <clears throat> you look tired, so I was just trying to help you get up. I'm just kidding. Um, here's, the, here's the thought I had about this. When I, when I was studying and I began to look at this and I, I saw that word offer, offer and I'm thinking about the idea of being gentle, being kind and useful, I, I'm thinking of somebody who's really angry. Okay, so someone who's really angry that slaps the one cheek of another and here, here's my response is supposed to be, let me help you with your anger. Slap the other side. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, let my life benefit you, even though, even though it's mistreating, I'm going to let my life benefit you. Now, pause. I'm going to preface the whole message as I did last week. If it is something illegal or immoral that is taking place, that is not what Jesus is referring to. Okay, he is not referring to if someone literally beats you. You know, I think of, of uh, uh, men that beat women and stuff like that. If someone is beating you, you just put up with that. He's, he's not talking about that, okay? He's talking about just being mistreated, that we're going to go through life and have times when we are mistreated. It's not illegal or immoral. It's just rude. And Jesus says, hey, here's how I want you to respond. Don't avenge yourself and offer them to do it again. Man, that, that's huge. Gentleness, to be kind and useful in the life of someone, of someone else. We see it in verse 29, offer the other cheek. We see it in verse 29 again, to them that sue thee for thy cloak. What are you supposed to do? Look what it says. Forbid not to take thy coat also. That phrase forbid not has to do with that word offer again. So someone sues you for your coat, give them the shirt too. Hey, if, if you're that destitute, let me, let me be a, watch, let me be useful in your life. You can not only have my coat, but you can have my shirt too. I respond with kindness and usefulness. You can see it in verse number 30. 
It says to give, that him that, to give to him that asks. And then it says at the end of it that when someone takes something, don't ask for it again. Like if you loan to somebody, my dad taught me this growing up. When you loan something to somebody, you need to count that as gone. Don't, don't be like, well, it was just a loan. Listen, I understand that Christians should repay and there should be that character there, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. And so you loan somebody. I loaned a friend one time $1,000. I was 19 years old and, and only had $1,000, and I loaned him $1,000 to, to fix his car. And you know what? I didn't see that $1,000 for like 10 years. And five, well, that was about a six years, excuse me, six years. It took about six years to pay back that, that $1,000. But you know what I had to do is give that 1000 to say and, and say, I'm even though even though, you know, I want you to pay me back. The Bible says part of gentleness is to be kind and useful, even though it could, could hurt me. All right, so we see that. Jesus is teaching this in, the, in this whole passage. But I want you to notice the real challenge. You thought that was deep. Jesus continues. Look at verse, Luke, Luke 6, 32 through 35. We read it a second ago, but we can't miss it. Watch this. For if ye, or because, the word for often means because, because if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? Uh, for sinners also love those that love them. If you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners do also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much, uh, as much again Verse 35, but love your enemies and do good and land, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is king, or excuse me, he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. So did you catch all of that? Here's what Jesus is saying to them. Hey, listen, anybody can be nice to those who are nice to them. Anyone can be useful in the life of those who treat them correctly, but I'm calling you to another approach. I am calling you to this. Do not just be kind and beneficial to those who are kind and beneficial to you. No, be kind and beneficial to those who mistreat you. Love your enemies, do good, loan to them, and don't expect it back. All of that is this definition of gentleness. Hey, don't just go through life and deal with being mistreated long-suffering. No, I want you to repay that mistreatment by using your life to be beneficial in the life of your enemy. Are we getting this? If we're not, I'll have to go back. I don't want to do that. <clears throat> I don't want to repeat myself too much, but we can't miss it. We cannot miss it because this is, this is something that up to that point was very uncommon. This was completely unheard of. Remember last week, Jesus said, you've heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But then he said these words, but I say unto you, 
Love your enemies as yourself. Do good to those that mistreat you and pray for them that despitefully use you. Bless them that curse you. Hey, if they go to uh, smite you, offer to them the other cheek. If they sue you for your coke, cloak, give them your, your shirt also. Hey, listen, if you loan to somebody, don't request it back of them again. Just loan it to them and be uh, um, uh, taken advantage of in that area. Listen, here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I want you to take everything that you have, do good, and be useful in the life of everybody, even your enemies, because even an unsaved person, that's the phrase sinners, even an unsaved person can do kind things for people that are kind to them. Even an unsaved person can give when they're given to. Even an unsaved, listen, that's what we have in our culture. We've got a lot of morally good people that they are kind and they are useful in the life of others. We've got people that give, they, they give to charities. Man, that's how people do that every year, right? They're, they're tax write-offs. I'm going to give to charities. And there's billionaires out there that will give millions of dollars. And these athletes that start these organizations to give millions of dollars. Here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, sinners, they can be kind to people who have been kind to them. But I'm not calling you to that. I'm calling you to be kind and useful to those who even mistreat you. Wow. Wow. Here's that call to gentleness, the call to gentleness. I want you to notice, secondly, with me quickly, I want us to look at Scripture and find some cases of gentleness. All right, some cases of gentleness. What are some examples of gentleness? When I think of examples of gentleness, I love that we can always look at, first of all, the example of Christ. And what an amazing example Jesus was. Aren't you thankful that Jesus did not say, do as I say? He said, do as I do. And what a blessing. There's parents, and, and you've all seen, uh, I, I've seen, seen it through the years, especially when I was in youth ministry. And uh, man, you pray for Brother Robert and Miss Beth. And I mean this with all my heart. You pray for Brother Robert and Miss Beth, serving with teenagers. Um, all of you were teenagers once, and you know that those teen years are so impactful. Right now, I'm seeing such a shift in, in reaching teenagers. And when we were, Hannah and I were doing youth over in Lakewood, uh, boy, we were able to uh, be used by the Lord and reach some teenagers, and, and God blessed. But boy, as I'm beginning to watch and even um, watch youth groups around the nation and preach at youth camp and different things like that, man, I'm seeing just such a shift in teenagers and trying to reach them. And they're um, really the age of learning for teenagers. And I'm not trying to be mean to any teens that are in this room. I praise the Lord for good teenagers at our church and thinking about Blake over here, man, surrendering to go to Bible college. Blake, you're a sophomore right now, right? And uh, Blake, we were talking at a football game about three weeks ago and man telling me how his heart's on fire for the Lord that at men's retreat talking about about just what he wants to do. I think about those who are just out of teen years like Ray and, and Carlos down at college and think about these boys sitting over here and, and Mikey over there. And man, we got some good teenagers in our church, but if you look at the overall um, learning of teens, it's almost like the ninth and 10th graders now are kind of at the attentiveness level of like a fourth and fifth grader about 15 years ago. Brother John, you're in education. Would you, would you agree with that, that thought? Maybe even lower at times. So the reason I say pray for Brother Robert and Miss Beth is because, man, we have, some young, we have some young adults, and they're still young, and I know I'm young to many of you, but uh, I think of Brother Robert and Miss Beth trying to reach teenagers. 
And we need to pray for that. Pray for them as they work with teenagers. And I have no idea where I was going with praying for teenagers. Being gentle, being kind, being useful. Thank you, man. Did you want to preach that other message tonight afterwards? Do as I say, not I do. Oh, that's right. So you know what? When you go, there's plenty of people that we see. And when I was in youth ministry, that's what got this whole thing going. That's called a rabbit trail for a pastor. And I'm horrible at rabbit trails um, or a preacher. When you, um, when you look at the do, I, do as I say and not as I do, I remember being a, a youth pastor and watching parents who would tell their kids, you need to go to church and you need to be faithful and you need to do this and you need to do that. Uh, but then when church came around, they weren't there. They would drop kids off and go home. Hey, don't watch garbage. But kids would walk in, they'd be watching garbage. Hey, you need to, and, and that, that was kind of the thing. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't do that? Man, I'm so thankful that Jesus said, listen, be long-suffering and show gentleness to others. Let me show you how. Let me show you how to do this. You wanna know why we know Jesus lived it? Here's what Peter recorded about Jesus in 1 Peter 2, 21 through 24. Watch this. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. This is from somebody who watched it. They, he, he saw with his very eyes. Here's the example he saw. That ye should follow in his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, mistreated, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But watch. But committed himself to him that judgeth righteously who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. I want us to understand tonight that we have a great example of Jesus living out, not only long-suffering, being long-suffering, but also gentleness. Think about this. Don't miss it. He was beaten. He was scourged. And yet with all of that in his face... He reviled not again. He lashed. He did not lash out. Okay? So that's the long suffering. He put up with it. Where's the gentleness, the kindness come in? Then he let them put him to death, and he used his life to be a blessing or a benefit to those who mistreated him. Don't we know that, well, oh, don't we know that when Jesus was on the cross, Yes, you and I were on his mind, and we hear that song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind, and we know that he was thinking about us, but don't we know that when he was on the cross, he was thinking of the very Romans that were piercing his hands? Don't we know that when he was on the cross, he was thinking of Caiaphas, the high priest, and he was, he was thinking of Annas, the high priest, and he was thinking of Pontius Pilate that said, I wash my hands, you, you see to it. And he was thinking of Barabbas who went free. What was Jesus doing? He was exemplifying not only long suffering, reviled yet reviled not again. No, but he was also exemplifying gentleness. He was saying, I'm going to be kind for you and I'm going to use my life to be beneficial for your life. Man, praise God for the example of gentleness that we see in our Savior. What a powerful example. It was not do what I say. It was do what I say and watch it as I do it too. 
Man, Jesus exemplified this. He exemplified it in his life. He exemplified it on uh, on the cross. Jesus said these words. I didn't read the last part of that, did I? Jesus said these words in Luke 23, 33, and 34. This is on the cross when they were come to the place which is called Calvary. There they crucified him, the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. Man, they're playing games at the foot of the cross. And yet Jesus was praying for them. They're mistreating him, but he's, he's using his last moments to be useful for them. We see gentleness in Christ. We see it at his death. You can also go through and do the research. He lived it. Pharisees. They would come and they would despise Jesus. And what Jesus do, he turned around and taught them truths. Man, if I was Jesus, I don't think I would have done that. Now, yes, he taught them truths and Jesus did it very uh, uh, brashly at times saying, hey, you whited sepulchers, you're white on the outside, but you're filled with dead men's bones. But what was he trying to do? John 6, he was trying to call them to repentance. John 3 is Nicodemus. You know what Nicodemus was? One of the leading Pharisees. Man, what an example, Jesus. He lived it. He lived it. And then at his death, he showed it. I think of other examples like Christians in the word of God. Think about some Christians in the word of God, not only Christ, but I think about the life of Paul. Paul being mistreated, and yet he was long-suffering and gentle. Here's how he said it to the church at Thessalonica. We were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. Did you know it was Paul that he wrote to one of the churches that the more I love you, the less I'm loved? The more I invest in you, the more you mistreat me, but I'm just going to continue investing in you? And Paul was an example. Uh, You know, a great example I think of is Stephen. What an amazing man Stephen was. Acts chapter 7, verse 59 and 60, it says that they stoned Stephen. And what was Stephen doing? Calling upon God. Watch what he was saying. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. He died. And I'm always amazed at the story of Stephen. What an amazing man, a great example. Not only was he long-suffering, but then he was gentle. He was kind to those who mistreated him. And in his last moments, he used his last breath to pray for his enemies. What is that? That's kindness and using my life to benefit those around me, even though they mistreat me. We can see it in Christ. We can see it in other Christians in the word of God, but we can see it in other believers throughout history, other Christians throughout history. I spoke this morning of uh, one of uh, um, John Philpot, who was put to death in 1555, but If you've ever read the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs, you can recall the many different accounts of Christians who gave their life for the cause of Jesus Christ, and yet in their death, they never lashed out. You can read a book by a man by the name of Lockyer that's called uh, The Last Dying Words of of Saints and Sinners, and it goes through and it just tells of so many things that believers said when they were put to death. Uh, I think about a man by the name of uh, Germanicus. Um, He was delivered to the wild beasts in the arena under Marcus Aurelius, and it said about Germanicus that as he was delivered there, he behaved with such astonishing courage 
that many people were saved because of watching him die. That's long suffering and gentleness. Polycarp, one who suffered with a gentle response, he had such an impact that the guards who arrested him repented that they had even uh, been instrumental in taking him. You can go to thousands of men and women who were beheaded, beaten. They were fed to wild animals, some tied inside of leather bags with snake and snakes and scorpions and thrown into the sea. Some who were put inside of the carcass of an animal and then laid out uh, to be uh, mauled by other animals and eaten alive. Many of them put inside of logs and sawed in half. Yet you look throughout history and many Christians, you know what they did? They suffered with gentleness, never recanting their faith, never lashing back out. I think right now, even as we speak, Christians in North Korea, pray for North Korea, Believers in North Korea, maybe they don't uh, uh, maybe word things like we do, but Christians that know Christ as Savior, and yet they're giving their life just for simply being saved. I think about believers in India, like our friend Amos Moses and his family being mistreated and killed. I think about uh, friends that I know that have other friends in Yemen and, and places like Syria and Lebanon and Turkey and all of the, those places in the Middle East. And what are they seeing? Seeing Christians be mistreated, and yet we're not reading about that in the news, but listen. Can I tell you right now that God is recording that in his news book? He's recording that in his newsroom. Why? Because there's Christians giving their life. They're being long-suffering, and they're being gentle as even as they go to death. And yet here you and I are, and someone mistreats us at work, and we lash back out at them. I just want to help us tonight understand that you and I, we have a call to gentleness. We see the call to gentleness, some cases of gentleness, but tonight I want to close by giving us a challenge to make a commitment to gentleness. This idea of being gentle, it's uncommon in our culture and in our society, which we live. And what's, what's uh, uh, even more sad than that is it's not only uncommon in our culture, but it's also often uncommon in our church. And not our church, but in churches. It can be uncommon in the lives of Christians. You see, a lot of Christians, when someone talks bad about you, you talk bad about them. When someone is, uh, uh, your, your husband or your wife is irritated at you, you just get irritated back at them. When someone does something to you, you just retaliate. And we have so many reactive and disrespectful and uh, rude adults and teenagers and children in cultural, in, in what we would call Christian, cultural Christianity nowadays. And we find these things without much searching. But listen, I wonder tonight, what would God find if he searches into your life? Is God going to find somebody who is kind and useful even to those who mistreat them? Listen, what's God going to find this week in your life? Because mark it down. You, some of you are going to go and you're going to be with some family this week that you do not agree with. You're going to be around family this week that they, they mistreat you and some family this week that they, um, they may say some things or do some things that are just rude to you. How are you going to respond to that? Are we going to be long-suffering and not retaliate? But more than that, am I going to go out of my way to be useful to them? Well, if, you know, if the opportunity shows itself. No, this is not if the opportunity shows itself. This is looking for the opportunity. They mistreat me. I look for the opportunity to be kind to them. Can I just tell you, this is absolutely impossible pastor, how do you know? Because people mistreat me and you know what I want to do? Punch them. I want to say, Leo, get them. I got two bodyguards. Leo, are you back on his bodyguard? Leo and Ray. 
Ray quit this weekend, so I just had to ask him if he was back on. <clears throat> You're rehired. Uh, I want you to understand, listen, as, as Christians, sometimes we just... We say, well, if the opportunity shows itself, and we need, to, we need to realize that he's interested in us looking for those times and not responding and not saying, yes, you mistreated me, I'm mistreating you, but saying, you mistreated me, how can I go out of my way to be a blessing to you? Can I just tell you that's hard? That's hard not only with your family, that's hard in church. Listen, I can, I can tell you stories of people mistreating me and mistreating my wife and mistreating our kids. The last thing on my mind, and I hate to say this, but the last thing on my mind was how can I go out of my way to be a blessing to them? You say, Pastor, this is impossible. You're absolutely right. But let me show you something. Notice what it's called in Galatians 5. Fruit of the what? Spirit. You know what that means? You can't do it. But he can. So how do I make a commitment to gentleness? Let's learn this real quick. Number one, if I'm gonna make a commitment to gentleness, I must be yielding to the Holy Spirit. I must be yielding to the Holy Spirit. This whole phrase, love your enemies and do good to them and lend hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great and ye shall be the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful. Notice the last words of Luke 6, 36. Be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. Here's what Luke is doing. Dr. Luke, I love the book of Luke and the book of Acts. I love the way he writes. I love how he records. And here's what he says. Do good to them. Oh, but remember, you have an example. Follow him. That's what it means to be yielding to the Holy Spirit, to follow him, to say, God, I can't do this. I yield myself to you. Romans 6, 13 says this, neither yield ye yourselves members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Yielding to God comes, don't miss this, it comes by submitting my will and my responses to him. I submit my will and my responses, and I say, God, I want what you want in this situation. For instance, if you're faced with a challenge at work or at home, instead of doing that which comes almost instinctively and lashing out, I pause and I pray. Lord, I need your help with this situation. God, I need your help with this coworker. God, I've been mistreated. Would you help me to be long-suffering and God, would you help me to look for ways to benefit them? Lord, how can I be kind and useful in the lives of my enemies today? Yielding to God is taking time to surrender your will and making his desires your first priority. Not only must we be yielding to the Holy Spirit, but we also need to be obeying the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yielding is one thing, God, I yield to you. <laughs> obeying is the next step of faith. Galatians 5.16 says this, and I don't have the verse on there. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking in the spirit is being obedient to the voice of God. Not only do we yield to him, but we listen to him. We choose to respond with gentleness. We choose to say, not only am I going to yield to him, but I am also going to obey him and not 
lash out. I'm not going to respond with unkind words. Instead, I'm going to respond with kindness. And I'm going to try and be beneficial. I'm going to be beneficial in the lives of those around me, even my enemies. I often ask this in preaching a message. And I, I read it a number of years ago, and I find it helpful when I'm applying a message to myself. And the thought is this. I wonder what would change in your life and my life if we could apply this truth this week. This coming week, you're going to go, some of you are going to go to work. Some of you are going to have some vacation time, go on Thanksgiving break. We might face mistreatment. Well, really, there's no might about it. We will face mistreatment at some point. What could change in your witnessing opportunities with those unsaved coworkers if instead of lashing out, you use your life to benefit them? What would change in your relationships with other believers in the church if instead of getting even and just, you know, eye for eye, I was long-suffering, but then also I was kind to them and looked for ways to use my life to help them. What would change? Teenager, what would change at school? Mom and dad, hey, what would change in home? What would change in your marriage if instead of us just going at each other, if I do wrong to her, instead of retaliating, she says, How can I be kind and go out of my way to be beneficial to him? What would happen in our marriages? What would happen in just the strangers that we run across? Long-suffering is one thing, but it's coupled with gentleness. I just want to ask you tonight, will you make a commitment? This week, I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to obey him in this manner, this area of gentleness, using my life not only to be kind, but to look for opportunities to be beneficial in the life of someone else. Lord, thank you for your time. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you, God, for giving us the opportunity to come to church tonight to hear your word and, Lord, this challenge. And, Father, I pray that as we come to our invitation time tonight that you would help us, help us to make the commitment. Lord, this is a hard one. Macrothemia was a hard one, but this one is just as hard, really impossible, except through your spirit and through you helping us. Lord, I, I want to be uh, filled with your spirit. I want to show your character this week. And when I'm mistreated, I want to respond with kindness, but then also use my life to be a benefit to even my enemies. Father, I pray that you'd help us with this. Help us as we respond to your spirit tonight. Before I finish my prayer and before Miss Rebecca begins to play, if God's spoken to you, please take time tonight and let's respond to him. Lord, bless the invitation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.